Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, April 19th, 2022, and our long national nightmare of being in Zoom podcast continues. But this time it's my fault for different reasons. Yeah, so now I have COVID. It is not funny like when Josh got it. Uh, (laughs) No, but it's, oh my God, I can't even. I was just telling him beforehand, it feels worse. I don't know, like he carries himself with grace and doesn't ever seem sick. So even when you had COVID, you know, it seemed like you were like, ah, he's he's fine, probably fine. But no, I haven't. I'm like, oh, this isn't fine. This sucks. (laughs) I don't like this at all. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely like memorable, but ironically not memorable. You know what I was thinking about earlier today is I feel like Moon Knight, Moon Knight himself. I feel like one of the altar guys who's like, what's going on? Why is everything confusing and dreamlike? (laughs) That's how my life has been the last, God, I don't even know how long. Because I think we thought we were sick, not COVID, last week. And then we were testing negative, and it didn't feel like any symptoms, anything like that. It just felt like like a cold or something like that. It seemed okay, and then it was not okay, and it suddenly was COVID. And so we still think it could have been something that bridged to COVID. But God knows. I mean, maybe it has been COVID this whole time. Who knows? Yeah, I'm lucky. I I don't want to rub it into the listening audience (laughs) and to you, but I'm just, I've never been sickly. Not only that, I don't get headaches. Onions don't make me cry. Yeah, you name it. (laughs) I'm not positive I'm a human. I don't know. I might have been adopted. I might have been left on my mom's front porch in a basket from a spaceship or something. You're unbreakable. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, I don't even like that guy. (laughs) But, yeah, I have friends, like yourself included, just knocked the hell out by this stuff. I feel myself, as a non-religious person, to use the word blessed, that when it came knocking on my door, that it did not knock me over but yeah i know a lot of people who it did and and even now as you can see now with this podcast how it keeps ping-ponging back between the two of us even though we haven't seen each other gwen just said that a bunch of other friends of ours got it right now and speaking with various people either their workplaces are getting screwed up because of this or easter was funny because i know a whole bunch of people who had Easter plans, myself included. <laughs> myself <who> included. <laughs> were canceled because people were doing their due diligence and staying away from either sick or potentially sick friends and family. So yeah, it's still out there. It's still there. It's bad. And it also sucks because as we've been saying for God, years, I guess, I don't really do anything. So we've been hibernating and not going to concerts, not going to movies even. I mean, the last time I think I saw a movie was when it was the two of us in an empty theater before hours kind of thing. And even then, we're still like masked and we don't sit near each other. No, it's the funniest. (laughs) Yeah, so like that's the last time I actually enjoyed a movie. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm not going to be like, oh, you jerks. It's everybody's fault but my own. But it's just, it more just feels kind of crappy because you're like, wow, we've been doing all the right things and we still both got screwed. Yeah, more than physical ailments that's what really hit me is I felt like I lost. I was like, oh, I was so close to the finish line. And then I just stumbled. But are we? Because that's the thing. God. I'm like, yeah. what is the finish line? I don't even know. Like, I really, I don't want to say that I thought I wouldn't catch it. I hoped I wouldn't catch it. But I, I guess deep down, I kind of figured just with the way things have been going that inevitably it would happen in, in some way or another. So I don't know. Is it nice to get it over with? Not really, because it sucks. <laughs> yeah. And like Lee, who... We might actually trick back onto the podcast sooner or later because he just wrapped his film. So that's what's been eating up all of his days, along with running the Mayfair and being a parent. But 
taking that big filming a movie off of his plate, I'm sure might free up a little bit of time for him. Mm -hmm. But Lee was shooting a film and it got to Coppola-esque levels because he, <laughs> he kept on getting shut down, not because of his own Coppola-like eccentricities and doing 8 million takes, but just because of COVID lockdowns and his crew members getting sick. I believe there was a point where a bunch of his actors got sick, and so that curtailed things. And Yeah, and that's what I found. It wasn't, I luckily didn't get sick or anything, but it was just the Oh, I have to find someone else to cover a shift at the Mayfair. Oh, I was supposed to go in and babysit the Mayfair church and someone else <laughs> had to do that. And just kind of, I was lucky that I still, being not super sick, I still did all my Mayfair homework at home without problem, thanks to that world we live in of everybody working off of laptops. But yeah, I'm still not convinced, but it's that ongoing hypocritical thing, because I was chatting with one of our House of Targ pals, where they did their first couple of concerts recently, their first couple of concerts since the before times. Mm -hmm. And it was still people in masks and still kind of following certain rules. But for better or for worse, these rules are lifting a bit. So people are taking advantage of it. Yeah. He said the exact same thing I did. You're so excited and you're getting choked up. You're almost back to normal. And you're so excited to see your patrons, but you're still kind of scared. And there's that hypocritical thing of, come out to a movie, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I see that a lot. I mean, at this point, Lee needs to do a Hearts of Dorkness documentary about the making of his movie, because like, it is pretty hilarious how long that's going on. And, and I was honestly really crushed not to be able to be part of that filming yesterday. That, you know, silly as these things are in the big picture, like, I was really looking forward to signing off on that. And I did get my sister and my niece went, friends of mine went. So, you know, I like, I knew it was in good hands, but it's just one of those, like, I literally just, this is my final day of a six day weekend that was supposed to be a fun family <laughs> uh -huh. Easter yeah. thing. And so literally I booked off Thursday and Tuesday and the first day that I got diagnosed or what the symptoms day, I guess, was Thursday. And so literally my first day of vacation, I'm sick. And so now I still am. And I don't know. I mean, the only good thing I could say is, I mean, not having taste and smell makes doing litter boxes a lot easier, but that's about like the only good thing. Yeah. And the same thing happened to Gwen where she booked off time for her parents to visit and then her parents visited and gave us COVID and <laughs> that kind of ruined that little staycation. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't give, because we were supposed to see Emily's parents and my parents same day, and oh my god, am I glad I didn't give them COVID, because yikes. <laughs> I totally forgot that, yeah, you were going to come to the last shoot day for Lee's film, Yeah, and then you doing your due diligence hit it home, but <laughs> yeah, that happened on Sunday, Lee filmed, or sorry, on Monday. Monday, yeah, it was weird because it was a holiday. Yeah, so it felt like a Sunday. But on Monday, he came in and we kind of had the bright idea just to kind of to try to wrangle extras a bit. Our friends at events.com showed me how to set this up, but we did a free ticket, essentially. So sign up for a free ticket and then we have your name and email. It got up to 275 people and Lee was so excited because our capacity at the cinema is 325. So if we mm -hmm. had 275 in there, it would have looked super packed and a nice shot for this movie scene within his movie i thought a few less people might show up just because the problem with free tickets is that happens often you sign mm. up for a free ticket and then you're just like ah, i'm not going hopefully nothing serious like i got covid exactly it's like maybe i won't go <laughs> i bear no ill will to people who didn't show up but it was a very interesting little experiment because we ended up getting a hundred people show up 
which meant 175 people just decided not to come. So it still looked fine with people spaced out. I think he kind of concentrated on the lower bowl of the cinema. Mm -hmm. But very nice of all those folks to come out. And I went just in case those 275 showed up and then all brought a friend or something. There was a mathematical chance that we were going to hit capacity. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be there just in case to tell people, oh, thanks so much anyways, but we can't let you in because we're at capacity. (laughs) And because Lee was concentrating on other things. So 100 people showed up. It was fine. It was cool. We opened up the candy bar just for the heck of it to sell a few bags of popcorn and candy to make a couple bucks because, you know, we're, we need every dollar we can. <laughs> but I think Lee was ecstatic. I think he was very happy with the day and to be done. Yeah. And he had Sam and Mark, who are two members of our shadow cast, our Rocky Horror shadow cast, who are also in the film. His dog, Ahsoka, showed up to do a little bit of acting and show up in the film. But it was fun. I hung out for a little bit. You missed out, but at least you got to be there. Yeah. If you're a member of the crew, you get immortality by having your name in the credits. It's true. And I mean, like, you know, I already I have a few roles in it already, so I was just kind of doing victory laps. And to be honest, like, I was mostly just hoping for a good turnout for Lee, just for the visual of for the movie, I guess, technically. It's a little, well, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to react any type of way about that because it's a holiday weekend there's covid stuff happens you know so oh, I mean, yeah 100 is still better than 10 but at the same time yeah that would have but to be honest with you like i felt so like back and forth on it because on the one hand i was like please be packed but on the other hand i was like eh, is that a great idea right now too like i don't even like i was so torn visually it would be amazing but i was also like i totally get the pressure of that too for the audience members oh for sure And that's every single thing that a nice-minded human has on their brain right now. Mm -hmm. I have friends. All my friends have kids. I'm the uncle, the big in quotes uncle for all these little fake nieces and nephews I have. But they're all in the same boat of whether it be sending the kid off to school or going to the park. Now we hit that heavy territory of every single thing we do in life every single day could lead to a sad or bad chain of events. But... Yeah, right now, like, we all want to get back to normal, but then the signs aren't great that we should maybe hang back a little bit. Targ are the loveliest people in the world. They're not bad people. They put on a couple concerts because that's their business. They're trying to stay in business, and so that's everybody right now. And every time I'm at, like, this weekend, I was at a grocery store and at a flea market, and they were both pretty packed, and they both were hovering around 97% masked people. Hmm. Maybe even more. I might not even be exaggerating that it was 99% masked people, like one out of 100 didn't have a mask on. So it's become this kind of, without getting into the political or argumentative trenches, it's this interesting reverse scarlet letter now, where you're like, oh, you're not in a mask. You're not branding yourself as a sheep. So Yeah, it's interesting. Like, when I was in Starbucks two weeks ago, I guess it was, I had never looked before, like, at who's mass, who's not. Because it's like, what am I going to do? Am I confronting people now? Like, I don't know. But for the first time, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do a count. And so I checked. There was 16 of us in the store, and only four didn't have a mask. So it was a fourth of the people. So... I was like, okay, well, that's actually cool. And it was, they all looked the same, the four, the four dudes, <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah. I could keep going, but you know, you, you just look at them. You're like, yeah, you look like, I'm not, not to be judgy, but I was just like, eh, you know, <laughs> this guy looks like a guy who doesn't want to get into this conversation right now. At the same time, I was like, that's pretty great. 12 other people are masked and it's not a problem. Yeah. I joke that 
it probably falls in line with people who don't really like seatbelts either. <laughs> probably do a, a diagram. And me on the other side is a hippie. I'm like, I wear my bike helmet and I recycle. You know, like it's probably. Yeah. They look at me in the same way. Of, oh, that guy following all the rules. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and at this point, it's sort of funny because I have COVID now. So I'm just like, if I go, I'm not going out at all. But if I, you know, if I'm in a mask, I'm just like waiting for it to be, you know, this will be the time someone confronts me. And I'm like, buddy, I literally have it. And he's like, well, what are you doing outside then? Well, that's why I thought I was going to get it earlier because I was like, oh, this is it. My time's due. I've, I never get sick. So now that we're in a pandemic, this will be the thing that gets me. But I made it a long time without it. And when I got it, it wasn't a big deal. But I'm like, give me every shot I can get. Yeah. I'll go in for my monthly boost. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and it's nice to, I don't know. I mean, now that I've known enough people that have caught it, and I was never really, like, scared of how it would affect me or anything like that, like, since being vaccinated and whatnot, not doing anything like that, you know? So, like, if anything, it's just sort of, like, drinking a lot of liquids and Tylenol and, I don't know, sleep and movies. (laughs) It's similar to what I do on a normal day, but just more liquids. I didn't get knocked out enough for it to change my routine of my Mayfair homework or whatever like that. Like, I was never in bed with it. My adventure today is I threw coffee all over myself, and that has been more of a pain to me (laughs) than COVID was. It was a press. Gwen has this fancy press (laughs) thing, and I don't know what I did. I think I didn't twist something hard enough. So I pressed down on it, and all this hot water went shooting out all over me. And I'm fine now, but in the heat of the moment, I had this Mikhail Gorbachev patch on my forehead. And then it hit me perfectly on my left upper arm and my right like hand lower arm. So with three burnt spots, I couldn't hold a rag over myself all at the same time so Gwen had to help me get set up with like a headband and a scrunchie around one arm but (laughs) but so I'm fine it's still a little birdie nowhere near needing to go to the hospital or anything but that chain of events had me in more pain and more swearing than any COVID hit yeah we're talking about a bad time to go to the hospital though too oh exactly oh my god I'm so (laughs) My, my poor friend James years ago he did this but worse went to the hospital with him and just kind of sat with him because there was nothing to do and he was fine they basically like you know he got some goo to put on himself and stuff like that but you know people complain about the hospital but if it's not a super emergency and you're in canada and you're sitting in a hospital you're getting everything for free or quote unquote free Mm -hmm. whereas if you were in the states it would be a whole different chain of events so I never am concerned about that as we speak right now, 100%. I'm so glad I didn't have to go sit in a hospital because there's more serious things going on. So you feel kind of, I wonder if more people like that, like, ah, I'll be fine. I'll just stay Yeah, home. what happened to you? I spilled coffee on myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Although I will say your description of that story is uh, the best thing I've heard in about a week. <laughs> So I appreciate you telling me your terrible, your terrible life story. And you know when an accident happens, like it takes ten times as long to tell it than it. Like this happened in a flash second, where I'm like making coffee as I do as a good house husband every morning, and then just in the click of a second, ah, my head. Oh God, why? <laughs> oh man, yeah, it, everything seems to be a lot slower mentally for me lately. But I have <laughs> not spilled coffee on myself. I can't taste coffee, but I haven't spilt it on myself yet. Oh, I'm so lucky I didn't get that. I didn't get... I remember hearing Hugh Grant, of all people, like a year ago... Wow. ...on some talk show on Colbert or something via Zoom, and he said, 
yeah, I left my house. I felt totally fine. I'm walking down the street and I live near a farmer's market and there's fish and stuff like that. And I did not smell the fish. And I went, "Uh oh, and then I went up to smell the fish and I could not smell the fish. And I went home immediately and I realized I had COVID because he was a good guy. He didn't want to spread it. Yeah. So I didn't have that. I was fine in that sense. And that's the craziest thing of just, you know, I've never had that in my life of taking a bite of pizza and being like, oh, nothing there. I had that this morning. It's the Weird. worst. I love pizza. And, and, oh, no. and I knew it was good pizza, too. Like, it was Panago, and, and I got, like, extra sauce and extra cheese for the first time ever, which is ironic because I couldn't taste it. But it's still, like, tell it was good as you're eating it. You still get consistency. But the weird, well, not weirdest, the worst part is, so I had, like, a, I have a specific half-and-half half cream, you know, that I like in my coffee. It's the Nielsen, I believe. And so I had a backup one, which is good because I was running low. And then I go to check the date, and it was April 11th. And so I was like, ah, geez, I, first of all, I should have noticed this way before now, but anyway, but then I'm like, well, I'm, I'm isolating. Like I can't get more cream, but I need coffee, even though I can't taste it. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me just smell the cream. And then I was like, oh God, I can't smell. And so then I'm like pouring cream into a glass to see if it's clotted because I can't taste it or smell it. So I'm like, is this expired cream? Am I just a madman at this point? And also why am I using cream at all? You would think you just drink it black, but your stomach can tell. So yeah, like that's been my biggest adventure in a James Bond low stakes esque way is the last two mornings I've been like, oh, is the cream going to be OK? Yeah, I have a friend, a very good friend of mine, and quite a while into knowing her, I just I guess it never like came up in conversation, but found out that she her whole life has not been able to smell or taste. Oh, wow. Otherwise, all good. But I can't even wrap my head around it. You know, it's just so I always joke. I'm like, wow, you could save money on food yeah because if you just buy the plainest cheapest most boring food and you know, like... <laughs> it hurts your soul though yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah so i don't know i don't want to jinx it but hopefully next week we can do a podcast for real we have said that for the last three weeks but still like oh I, god i'm especially bummed because like oh my god i'm missing x yeah I'm missing, I don't know, something else. My short-term memory is not really great lately, so I don't know. I can't remember the good stuff that I'm missing. But most importantly, like, I can't... The Cage movie comes out in, like, three days. So the irony, in a good way, is that we're obviously not getting it on opening day, but I couldn't even go. So, like, if we did get it and I wasn't there, that would hurt so much more. Yeah, imagine if you got it in a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, it would be horrible. Be tragic. I, I say that we're not getting the premiere. Like, I, I don't actually know that to be true. I'm just assuming because I imagine someone would have told me because I'm sick and yeah. I need this right now. <laughs> but the point is that would be a totally good thing because, oh, my God, I'm not – I would never go near anything. Like, I felt guilty taking the garbage out this morning because I'm like, oh, I'm going outside. But I, I think that was okay. Oh, same thing. When I had it, the biggest cheat I did was sneak outside within a few feet of the house to – bring the dog out but i stayed in the parking lot in the backyard and had no human interaction kind of thing but even that yeah you feel it because you're like oh no i don't want to spread this on to anybody but i made it with that bending of the rules without causing another apocalypse yeah hopefully we were allowed to do that i don't know the full rules but i'm just like i avoid everything but i took out the garbage so hopefully we're good yeah well speaking of good movies that you're missing <laughs> let's <laughs> yeah tell me all the stuff i can't go see josh yeah let's talk about Movies coming up from Friday, April 22 to Thursday, April 28th. We have, first up, Death on the Nile, Ooh. which is an interesting turn of events, again, thanks to COVID, is this movie was supposed to come out some time ago, and then because of lockdowns and all that stuff, 
Belfast came out first, and then for whatever reason, the powers that be decided to put this out theatrically afterwards. So you have this weird thing where this was supposed to be his before Belfast movie, and instead he put out Belfast, got a lot of acclaim, won an Oscar, and then now his murder mystery comes out afterwards. So are they doing this to ride on the coattails of his Oscar buzz? I wouldn't be surprised because we all know that there are a lot of people who go to movies because that word Oscar winner is stamped on it. So I didn't see a trailer as such, but now they can say directed by Academy Award winner Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. And that puts a little bit of extra attention towards it. It's funny if someone who's like, I'm now interested in Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. (laughs) You're like one of the most acclaimed guys ever. Well, I'm fascinated by his career because he started in the stage and then doing Shakespeare movies. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of branched out and started acting a little bit in other people's movies and stuff. But especially the last decade or so, I'm just looking at it because I love this leapfrogging list. He directed Thor. Which kind of makes sense, a neat gimmick, get the Shakespeare guy to direct Thor. Yeah. It was, of course, a big hit. Then right after that, he directed Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, <laughs> which I completely forgot existed. Definitely. And it's got Chris Pine in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, they wanted that to be a franchise. Didn't work. <laughs> then after that, he did one of the earlier Disney live-action reboots of Cinderella. Oh, man. And that was a big financial hit. Then he did Murder on the Orient Express. Mm -hmm. Then All is True, a tiny little Shakespeare movie. Never heard of it, but I believe you. We had it at the Mayfair. It was good. But it's one of those movies where you could tell nobody expected it to make a billion dollars. Nobody expected the Shakespeare melodrama to make Thor money. No, but that's a good Mayfair afternoon movie. Yeah. But then... This is interesting. Artemis Fowl, which was a train wreck of a flop, (laughs) a YA Harry Potter kind of thing, and then Belfast and then Death on the Nile. I'm just always interested to see a director's path. He had this giant flop, which you would think, oh, that might hurt his career. And then the movie after it wins an Oscar, and the movie after it, Death on the Nile. I don't know how well it's done financially, but I believe I read in these weird times where everything has an asterisk beside it, has done well enough that there is a third in the series coming. So Artemis Fowl didn't kill his directing career. <laughs> no, I mean, especially now he said he can come back and do like Clifford, the red dog too, or something. <laughs> yeah. I think he will do another uh, murder mystery movie in this series. But what I've heard about this one is it, it's just like a real old timey all star feels like old Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. And he's in the lead. He wasn't in Belfast and he wasn't in, Thor, a couple of these other bigger movies like that. But so he's pulling double duty on this. And it's a sequel to Orient Express, right? Yeah. And it's kind of a sequel in the sense of almost like the way Indiana Jones is, is these Agatha Christie movies there. If you use the word canon for them, they're the same lead character, but they're very standalone. You don't have to see Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile. They're just, you know, it's a, a Sherlock Holmesy murder mystery. Exactly. That's what I figured. Yeah, I heard it's good, though. I've definitely been reading pretty good reviews. I really like the first one, so I'm going to go check this one out. Then we continue our Ukrainian film fest with a movie called Atlantis from a couple years ago. It is, interestingly enough, it's another war picture from the Ukraine, and it won the best film at the Venice Film Festival. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So that's our third Ukrainian 
film and if you are interested in donating a couple dollars to the cause and you can't make it out to a movie there's a link on our website under the ukrainian films of where our net proceeds are going to for this so you can always send them a couple bucks as well smart then we have the sequel to the heroic trio called executioners and i watched heroic trio this week and it's super fun they're both 1993 films because that's the way a lot of these Asian films roll. They just make two a year or three a year and just knock them out. But it's a very campy, very violent, three women kicking ass movie filled with lots of wire work. You know those close-up Sam Raimi shots of when like something's flying through the air? Yeah, definitely. There was a bunch of those and I'm like, ah, like 93, like that's post-Sam. Like, so either that's coincidental or somebody influenced somebody there. And it's Michelle Yeoh, who's in the news a lot now because everything everywhere all at once is big in the news and we hope to have our hands on that as soon as possible. Oh yeah, not for the next week or so because I need to come and see that. Yeah, so Executioners is the sequel to Heroic Trio with the Heroic Trio in a post-apocalyptic world kicking bad guys. Amazing. Then our Ottawa premiere is called We're All Going to the World's Fair. This looks really cool. I'm a sucker for this kind of movie. I know not everyone is, but I really like the found footagey horror film. Mm-hmm. And this is a, I believe, more of even a, a modern found footage horror film because it uh, a couple of the movies have done this, but kind of incorporates Zoom or incorporates uh, YouTube, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's a, I don't know if there's only one character in the movie, but it's a teenage girl who's playing an online role-playing game horror thing. So I think she has interaction with her other players, but I don't know if they're in it. It could just be vocal or text kind of thing. Yeah. And then it's a horror film. So then stuff starts getting weird and creepy, but I think it's all through the point of view of this teenager in her bedroom talking into a webcam, I think. Wow. It looks really good. It won awards at Sundance and Fantasia, so that's good pedigree right there yeah and i like i heard there's some cool visual ideas i don't really know much more than that but it's not really what you expect there's a little more flair i guess maybe yeah it's not just a girl looking into a camera for 85 minutes (laughs) (laughs) yeah not that there's anything wrong with that but still yeah but yeah i'm looking forward to that that's a good again like not to undersell this but i totally understand people who i don't know can't suspend their disbelief or get into a Blair Witch type movie or a VHS type movie, certain Mm -hmm. parts of that movie where they're like, why are you still recording? Or they just want a little bit more professionalism in their movie watching. They don't want the shaky cam and that kind of thing. Yeah. There's been some cool ones that have done like searching with John Cho did a really good job with that. It was kind of Facebook based, but not entirely. Unfriended one and two, I think were the other ones where it was like, you read the premise and you're like, oh God, great bunch of teenagers on Facebook for an hour and a half. That sounds awful. But it's pretty astounding. Like, I mean, there's also, there's several that aren't good, but it's amazing what they're able to do to make it visually interesting and keep you invested. And you know, it costs $15 to make it. So yeah. <laughs> it definitely can work. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then our final movie for this week is called The Outfit and looks really cool. It looks like a film noir crime movie. It's with Mark Rylance, who is such an interesting actor because you look at his IMDb and how old he is, and some other actors his age might have 100 credits. He has like 30 because he's mostly a stage actor. And I don't think he even really had super ambitions towards 
being a movie star. I think he did some BBC type stuff, some masterpiece theater type stuff. But it was 2014 or 15, he did Bridge of Spies with Spielberg and won an Oscar. Mm -hmm. And then now he's just like, God, what? He was in Dunkirk. He was in Trial of Chicago 7. The BFG, I think, was one of your favorite. He played BFG. He was. You know, if you don't have something nice to say, you should say nothing at all. So That's amazing that he actually played the BFG. That's even better. Oh, because I, I did not like that movie. Yeah, not, not great. But I like him a lot. He's one of those, just a true kind of character actor. So in this, he's like the central character as the kind of, you know, those crime genre characters who they're like almost like the humble, quiet, good guy mm-hmm. as all these crazy criminals are around him. So it's kind of like it feels like that kind of movie. Yeah, I remember this. I was hearing really good things about this movie, and then I totally forgot. I mean, there's been a lot going on, but still. Yeah. I, I was like, why does this sound so familiar? Twitter has been a buzz about this movie. And it's from the Oscar-winning screenwriter of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh, cool. And I really like that movie. And that's one of those movies where I think the term slow burn works. I was watching the movie at the Mayfair a few years back, and I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. Lots of good actors. And it's just kind of going along. You know, it's a spy movie. Everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. And then just the climax and the end was so good. It just turned it from, that's a really good movie, to, wow, I think that was a masterpiece. And so I think this might be the same. Might have that kind of same slow burn and double-crossing plot twists in it and stuff like that. That's good. And it's nothing like the tuxedo with Jackie Chan, (laughs) which is what I I was like, the outfit. That makes me think of the tuxedo. I'm like, "Uh, not two similar movies. It's not a remake of that movie. Which I would have watched, but anyways, no, I understand this is a better film. Okay, so I'm probably going to wrap things up. Anything else you wanted to get in there? Oh, I finally got to see The Batman now that it's on HBO. Oh, yeah. See, I haven't watched it yet because I can neither confirm nor deny I might sneak in really early someday and watch it on the big screen because it's 12 hours long. It's true. Like That's why I watched it at home. I was like, there's no way we're going to be able to sneak in a three-hour screening of something, but you'll find a way. Yeah, and... That's interesting because that's still doing well. I looked it up just out of curiosity, and it's still like in the top 10 at the box office and already made $750 million. But this is that it's the HBO Warner Brothers 45 day window that multiplexes were so upset about, where they're like, here's the good news, bad news. You can have our movie, but in 45 days, we're going to stick it on HBO. So it clearly worked because it made $750 million, and now it'll go on HBO, and the people who don't go to movies we'll see it there but they're not pulling it right away because i think it's still going to be on the big screen so mm-hmm. that almost means maybe people who are like i wanted to wait for the crowds to die down a bit and it'll still trickle in some more money that way so again we're not going back this is the world we're in now of especially for us it's hosting movies that are available on streaming services but we screen dune and west side story and various others and they just fine with them so all it's going to do is split up that people who weren't coming anyhow are just have more excuse to stay home. Yeah, I would have gone, but Emily didn't want to see it in the theaters. So I don't even know if she knew it was three hours. That would have been a deal breaker, too. Yeah. But she watched it with me uh, last night. And yeah, obviously, I really liked it. But I'm not no spoilies, of course. No spoilies. I don't know if you can <laughs> spoil a Batman movie, but not not really. It is what it is. But, you know, I really uh, yeah, I had a good time with it. And it was nice to have something to take my mind off things. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think I like that Robert Pattinson. Yeah. I think he'll be a good Batman for what now seems like will be another trilogy. And and just to make things more confusing, we have Michael Keaton coming back in at least two films 
at the same time. I like that, though. I like that they've kind of... Everybody knows what a multiverse is now, and and they can accept that. Because once upon a time, they were really hard about that of, we can't have a character on a TV show at the same time as the big screen. And mm-hmm. now now they're clearly more laid back about that so yeah and people are trying to push for cage to be the superman of the burton universe if they do a multiverse thing with oh Keaton my involved. god i mean i don't think that'll actually happen but people were asking cage in an interview if he would do it and i mean clearly he would oh yeah so i'm not gonna get my hopes up on that but how hilarious would that be i think him as superman in teen titans go was as close as we're gonna get but I can see him showing up somewhere else. I keep on thinking he'd be so good in a Doctor Strange type movie. Or if they bring Ghost Rider in, let him play old Ghost Rider. I think that would work really well. Yeah, and he played the Mandarin, or not the Mandarin, but he played, or no, Fu Manchu, that's what it was, in that oh, yeah. uh, Rob Zombie trailer back in the day. So I'm like, maybe, you know, at least we got that. Okay, so let's wrap it up for this week. You can find more information about upcoming films at MayfairTheater.ca and on all the social media stuff. Thanks for joining us to see movies on the big screen recently, and we hope to see you back again at the cinema soon to watch some excellent stuff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, they've announced that there's going to be a Nicolas Cage documentary. Oh. Yeah, so I still have time to rest up and uh, make sure I get in on that. (laughs) Yeah. I need this. In a world without water, no one is free. For a city held hostage, they're the only hope. If you like the heroic trio, you'll love Executioners. The world's most beautiful crime fighters return against an adversary whose savagery knows no bounds. Anita Mui, the Madonna of Asia, is Wonder Woman. Michelle Yeoh, Asia's top action actress, is Invisible Woman. And Maggie Chung, former Miss Hong Kong, is Thief Catcher. They're back to do what must be done again. Executioners, forced to face a hideous metal-masked man-beast in the ultimate battle to the death. It's more acrobatic action, more explosive entertainment, and more firepower than ever. Don't miss... Executioners.